0: Thank you for tuning into the Rainy Day Horror Show. I am your host with the most Dusty Mick Balls, aka the certified cougar hunter, aka the man with balls too big to handle. And on today's episode, we are taking a trip to Hollywood cinema to learn about the inspiration behind. West Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. So, with that being said, get your Crocs on and set them bitches in adventure mode and make sure you get your overpriced popcorn ready for this journey we're about to go on. So, without further ado, let's get this show on the road. West Craven the mastermind behind some of the most notorious horror movies from Scream to Nightmare on Elm Street. He was a writer for a movie in 2006 called The Hills Have Eyes, a movie reskinned after the one he directed in 1977. This gruesome and grisly movie takes place in the Nevada desert where a family of seven is traveling to San Diego in their camper. As they're traveling through the desert their camper breaks down and they become stranded in the desert. Two of the family members go looking for help as the others just sit there and wait for their arrival back. Unaware that they've ended up stuck near a site where decades earlier the government tested nuclear bombs. As the movie goes on, the stranded family has to battle against a mutated, cannibalistic family that wants to kill them. This movie specifically got a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, but that's not the worst of it. Wes Craven would later admit that he drew inspiration for this movie from the legend of Sonny Bean, a mythical leader of a cannibalistic cult that lived in a remote cave in Scotland. Now this is a legend so take everything I say and this story with a grain of salt. Sonny Bean was born in East Lothian roughly 9 miles away from Edinburgh. Nothing was really documented about his early life, except he had a job where he tanned animal hides, but hard work wasn't really his forte. He ended up quitting that job and fled with his new wife to the Banan Cave by Ballantree in Arshire. The cave was the perfect hideout having tunnels that ran around a mile long, and two times a day the cave's entrance would flood at high tide, making it almost impenetrable. The secret lair is where Sonny Bean would crack his evil plan. Without the ability or want to work an honest man's job, Sonny Bean, turned to ambushing and robbing passing travelers. To make sure he wasn't caught, he made it evident to take the lives of every traveler he encountered. As the months turned into years and his family grew in that cave, he came across another issue, the lack of food. Now his family didn't go to the local bar to pick up girls and take them home to meet the family. Instead, they grew through incest. He had around 45 family members, from sons and daughters to grandsons and granddaughters. And to feed all of them, he resorted to eating the bodies of the travelers he killed. The Bean Clan would ambush their victims with military precision, cutting off all escape routes. The Bean Clan would take on as many as a dozen travelers at a time. His hopeless victims were killed and then drugged to the cave to be butchered. What they couldn't finish, they pickled and preserved, and what they couldn't preserve, they threw in the ocean. Those bodies that they threw in the ocean would eventually wash up on shore, alongside that. The missing persons reports in Galloway kept rising and the local authorities not knowing that there's cave people ended up accusing and hanging local innocent inn owners for the disappearances of those travelers. No one truly knows how many people the Bean Clan killed. Some say it was several hundred and others say it was more than a thousand. But, what we do know is how we got caught. Around 1600, one day, a wife and her husband were traveling back to town from the country fair. On the way back, that's when the Bean Clan attacked them. A gang of women got a hold of the wife and pulled her off the horse, where she was then stripped, disemboweled, and ate right in front of her husband. On the other hand, the husband was able to save himself and fight off the Bean family. Just as soon as the husband started to get away, a group of 20 to 30 travelers also coming back from that same fair, came upon the gruesome scene. Sonny Bean realizing that he was outnumbered ordered his family back to the cave. This time, and the only time, is when they actually ended up leaving behind one mutilated corpse. The traumatized husband ended up going straight to the Chief of Magistry, who reported the crime to the King himself. King James IV was so baffled by these crimes, he personally took charge and arrived in Arshire very quickly. He led a small army of 400 men and a group of tracking dogs. At first, they couldn't find the Bean's Lair, but as they were about to head back to Glasgow, a dog picked up on a scent, leading them straight to the unholy cave. The troops carefully entered the cave, and as they entered, they saw the most horrific sight man could ever see. On the walls of the cave, human body parts were strung to dry and clothing, jewelry and other personal items of the victims were scattered on the cave's floor, along with piles of human bones. The beans tried to escape but had no luck since they went up against an army of 400 men. The Beans clan was arrested that day and were transported back to Edinburgh where they were locked up in a toll booth. Their crimes were so severe that they were not given a trial since it was obvious that they were the ones that were killing. 27 men were hung, drawn, and quartered, which is a slow and severe punishment where they cut all of their limbs off and make sure that the men bleed to death. The women and grandchildren on the other hand were forced to watch all 27 men bleed to death and after that the women and grandchildren were burned like witches. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you're having a wonderful week. If you haven't seen The Hills Have Eyes, I highly suggest it. I think it's a wonderful movie, despite its awful rating. And just make sure you tune in this Sunday for another episode on The Rainy Day Horror Show. Stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, stay safe. Mick Balls, out.